Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zayner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zaynerministries.com. Now, here's evangelist Nick. Welcome to the broadcast. I'm evangelist Nick Zayner here in the Lehigh Valley. I'm so glad that you decided to join us tonight. It's going to be a powerful night. If you're expecting healing, you're in the right place, and I believe that God is going to touch you right in your home. Go ahead and type in the comments where you're watching from. We love to see who we're reaching. I know uh, the replay is getting a lot of attention as well, but if you're watching a replay, go ahead and type in the comments too. We're going to be talking about seven things that you should know about divine healing. If you need a healing in your body, I want you just to put in the comments, I'm here for healing. At the end of this, we are going to pray for everybody who desires healing. Seven things that you should know about divine healing. Now, I want to encourage you to take notes. This would be a great time to take notes because this is this teaching here is not just only get you healed, but it's to help you stay healed and to help you administer healing to others. Everything that God does is not just for us only. It's freely we've received, freely give. So take some notes tonight, and I believe God is going to really... My prayer tonight is that God would open the eyes of your understanding, that He would grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and the revelation and the knowledge of His Son, Jesus Christ, that you would walk in the fullness that Jesus already paid for. By the power of the cross, Jesus paid for your healing. Say in the comments, paid in full. That's right. Healing was paid in full. Sin was paid in full. Poverty was paid in full on the cross. And so this is very, very important that you get this in your, in your spirit. <clears throat> and the reason why we teach on the Word of God in the area of healing, and this is just like intro type stuff. I haven't got into point one yet. But the reason why we teach on this is because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. That's Romans 10, 17. You can't have faith to be healed unless you know what the Word of God says in the area of healing. This is all the way across the board. You can't have faith for financial uh, prosperity when it comes to the Word of God if you don't know what the Bible says. You can't even have faith to be saved unless you know what the Bible says. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So we're going to have a lot of Scripture coming your way. So grab that notepad, grab that pen, or use your phone. Use your notes on your phone and take these notes. We're going to start right in Isaiah 53, verses 4 and 5. The Bible says, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we are esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Type that in the comments. We are healed. You know, as I was studying this out, the Bible says that when you look into the translation of the words griefs and sorrows, they're literally translated into sickness and disease. So we can clearly see here, this is Old Testament. This is a, the prophet of God speaking of the coming Messiah who would take upon him. He would bore the griefs, or in other words, the sicknesses, and he carried our sorrows, in other words, our diseases. He carried them away by the power of the cross. So our number one point, if you're taking notes, number one, it is God's will to heal you. Number one, it is God's will to heal you. In other words, if you need healing tonight, you can say this out loud in your home. It is God's will to heal me. Healing is part of the redemptive plan of Christ and of God. The Bible says in Matthew 8, verse 17, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So New Testament, Jesus Christ bore your literally on on the cross and by the stripes of Christ he bore your sickness and disease he took it in some translations say he took our infirmities he literally took it from you so it's time to relinquish it back to God if he took something if someone takes something if a thief comes in and he steals everything from you then you no longer have it well Jesus 
literally took, he stole away from you your sickness and disease, and it's time to give it back to him. So understand this, that if, if the Bible says that Jesus took our infirmities, you can say this out loud in your home, and, in, and you can believe this with all of your heart, that Jesus took my, you make it personal. You need to make the word of God personal in your life. This is a personal word spoken to you tonight. Jesus took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. He took them. He bore them. They're no longer yours. They're now his. Hallelujah. That's enough to get you shouting right now. That's enough to get you to want to run around your house <laughs> right now. That he bored. He took it. He took it for you. Amen. And so 1 Peter 2, 24 says this. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. So, I'm, why am I pumping so much scripture at you right away, these three verses? Because there's a wrong thinking and a wrong teaching that God would put sickness and disease on you to teach you a lesson, or that sickness and disease is from God. It's not true. God is not the author of sickness and disease. He's the one who paid the price. It's his will to heal you because he sent Jesus to deal with that. So, so it's no longer, uh, it's not God putting it on you. That's the work of the devil. So it's always God's will to heal you. Always. See, if you think that it's on you for a reason, that it's on you to teach you a lesson, you may not want to give it up because you think, well, Maybe this is on me because I need it. Maybe this is on me because God is trying to humble me. No, he's not trying to. He's actually trying to get you to relinquish that back to him. Hallelujah. See, the Bible says in 1 Peter 2.24, I already read it, but it says, by whose stripes you were healed. Everybody type in the comments, were healed. See, in the beginning, in Isaiah, he was looking forward. He was waiting for the Messiah to come. By whose stripes we are healed. But now Peter is now looking backwards to Jesus and the cross and the stripes. And he's saying, by his stripes, we were already healed. That he bore it, he took it upon his stripes and upon the cross. You're not trying to get healed. You are healed. <laughs> you were healed 2,000 years ago. Now at this point in time. You, you just have to simply accept it and believe it and begin to work your faith. And that's what tonight's about, pumping you full of faith so that by the time you wake up tomorrow morning, that symptoms and things are already beginning to leave your life because of the power of God's word. He sent his word and healed us of all of our diseases and de delivered us from all of our destructions. Praise God for that. So never doubt this first part off the get go. If you missed this, you missed the rest of the six because you have to understand in your mind, in your heart, in your believing, in your confessing that it's always God's will to heal you. And then we're going to dive into some other points here on how we can work our faith to see this thing take place. So number one, it's always God's will to heal. Number two, Understand this, sickness and disease comes from the devil. It does not come from God. Type that in the comments. Sickness and disease is from the devil. How do we know that? Acts chapter 10, verse 38. I'm so glad you asked. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all, who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. So you can clearly see by this one scripture that he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. People who are sick and diseased are oppressed from the devil. If, and so Jesus went about doing good and healing all. So if Jesus healed all then, we should contend for him to heal all now. And you might be saying, well, brother, that sounds really good, but I've known a lot of people who, who have quoted this and they've stood on the Bible and they weren't healed. 
Well, the reality is, is we don't fully understand what their relationship was with God. But one thing I do know that all things are possible to those who believe. Maybe for maybe they did not have real Bible faith released for their healing. I don't know. I'm not here to explain away this. I'm here to give you faith so you can experience the power of the healing power of God right there in your home. Hallelujah. Hey, Victoria, God bless you. Marcy, thanks for tuning in. Amen. If you're just tuning in, just let us know where you're watching from. We love to see where you're watching from. Now, the reason why we have to stress this second point so heavy is because there's a group of people who, who are literally going around teaching people that God is trying to teach them a lesson when it comes to sickness and disease. But really, that's a lie of the devil. Because when, if that is so true, these same people who claim that they're trying to learn a lesson from, uh, from God are running to the hospitals are running to every physician, running to every single place where they can get help in the natural. And if the truth is that you're getting a lesson learned from the Lord, then you should do everything possible to, to learn that lesson and not to get healed. But even in our natural standpoint of, our, of being a human and people who aren't even saved know that sickness and disease is not a good thing. It's a bad thing. And so therefore, they're doing everything they can in the natural to get healed. And thank God for doctors. I got to just say this because sometimes you start talking about divine healing and I've had people scoff and, and say nonsense, but they just think, well, they just, they just don't believe in doctors. Never said I did. If we didn't believe in doctors, to some extent, there'd be a lot of dead people. <laughs> Straight up, there'd be a lot of dead Christians because they don't have the faith to be healed because they're not taught this. So I'm not against doctors, but what I am for is running to God first before I run to the doctor. <laughs> always run to God and not from God. We should not, God should not be last resort. God should be first resort. I want you to write that in your notes and write that in the comments. God should not be last resort. He should be first resort. We should run to God first, always. And with, if you grab a hold of what the Bible is saying, you will not have to go to the doctors much at all. You know, there's a great man of God who, honestly, I've learned a lot from him. A lot of what I'm teaching tonight, I've just learned and listened and read his books. But Kenneth E. Hagin gives the story about how he had two kids. And he said the only money that he spent on doctors for his children is the hospital bill on the day they were born. And he spent, he, in his time, he lived, when everything was a lot cheaper, he spent about $37.50 on both of his kids to, to be born. Never had to take him to the doctors, never had to take him to the hospital because he believed in the message of divine healing. And he not only believed it, he saw it manifested in his kid's life and in his life. Now, did things try to come upon him? Of course, because sickness comes from the devil. The devil is out to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus came to give you life and life more abundantly. That's John 10, 10. The devil has come to steal. The devil has come to destroy. Does sickness and disease, just ask yourself this for a second if you're wondering still if, if sickness is really only from the devil. Does sickness ever come uh, and give life? Does it ever come and give joy? Does it ever come and give peace? No, it comes to steal. Steal your joy. Steal your peace. Steal your peace of mind. It comes to kill. Disease comes to straight up, its mission is to kill you, and it comes to destroy your life and destroy family's life. That sounds like the devil to me. Come on. But look at what 1 John 3 verse 8 says. So the devil's trying to do that, but look at this. The Bible says, He who, who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. Thank God for that. He might destroy. That means to blow up. That means to literally obliterate the works of the devil. Jesus came. His mission. When you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see the story where the blind man was there and he's crying out. And Jesus says, what do you want to do for me that I may receive my sight? And Jesus opens his eyes. He just destroyed the works of the devil that tried to keep his eyes blind. And when you see the, uh, the Bible where it says the woman with the issue of blood, she pressed through the crowd. She was 12 years. Not any better. She saw the fishes, physicians she could. She spent all the money 
she had. But she pressed through the crowd, touched the hem of his garment, and she was totally healed. Why? Through the power of the anointing of the Holy Ghost destroyed that yoke of bondage of sickness and disease off of her life. This is the reason Jesus Christ was made manifested, that he would destroy the works of the devil. Thank God for that. How he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good, healing all. Healing all. So I don't care what you're going through tonight. I don't care what pain is in your body. I don't care what cancer is in your body. I don't care if you you can't hardly hear or you can't hardly see. Tonight, by the power of the Holy Ghost, God can come in and blast that off of your life because that is the work of the devil. And this is the reason why Jesus was manifested to destroy the works of the devil. And not only does, is, was that Jesus Christ's job, but now he's commissioned it to us that these signs would follow those who believe. And one of those is they'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. You have the same resurrection power on the inside of you. If you're born again, if you're saved, you have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living in you. And that power will go through you and into somebody else and destroy the works of the devil. Can you say amen? I'm fired up, man. I'm ready to run around this place. Praise God. Praise God. You know, they used to pack out tents in the 1950s, 1960s. They would pack out these huge tents, some of the world's largest tents at the time. They'd have thousands of people, and their sole mission enduring under those tents is they would bring people in with stretchers. They would bring people in with crutches. They would bring the blind in, the lame in, the maimed in. They would bring in the deaf, and literally they would destroy the works of the devil by confessing God's word, speaking his word, laying hands on the sick. I see the day returning where God's people gather, and then we see... Every single person healed in that meeting by the power of God because his word, Jesus Christ, when Jesus manifests himself through the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you, sickness and disease cannot stay or remain. Jesus, next to sickness and disease, sickness and disease is getting up out of there. Can you say amen? So, how do we fight against the devil when it comes to sickness and disease well number one the bible says in james and i've i meant to write the reference down but i believe it's james i don't know i'll find it maybe jose can find it how the bible says this he can type it in the comments for you guys but it says resist the devil and he will flee but before it says resist the devil it says submit to god Resist the devil and he will flee. How do you submit to God? His word. That when sickness and disease comes, yes, you might feel pain. Yes, you might feel the flu-like symptoms. Yes, you might feel like you have a cold or whatever. Feeling doesn't matter. It's not about what you feel. It's about what you believe. And you submit yourself to the word. You say, no devil, the sickness and disease is from you. I resist this pain in my body. I resist the flu. I don't get the flu. I resist the flu. Well, brother, you know, you know, I had somebody. Oh, it really sounds like you got a cold or you you might be getting the flu. No, I'm not. I'm not getting it. Return to sender. That's the devil. I resist the devil. Yeah, maybe the symptoms might start to appear, but they ain't going to stay longer than than less than 24 hours because I'm returning to sender. That's not mine. Remember, Matthew 8, 17, Jesus took my infirmities. He took my sicknesses. Never forget that. So when it, the symptoms might try to arise, but the problem is this, and this is what we want to flip. This is what I want to get into you, even those who, who you, you're perfectly fine in your body, you're healthy, but don't forget this. The mistake people make is they yield over to the sickness and disease and allow it to remain. We can't allow it to remain. We must treat sickness and disease like sin. Amen. That's right. You're not trying to be healed. You are healed. Come on. You treat sickness and disease like sin. We don't tolerate sin in our life as believers. So why do we tolerate sickness and disease? Both were dealt with in the same act on the cross. Both were Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Galatians 3, 13 and 14. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. What is the curse? The curse is sin. The curse is sickness and disease. The curse is poverty. If he's redeemed, past tense, therefore we have already been taken care of. So when it tries to appear, we can't allow it. We must return it to sender. 
Type that in the comments. Return to sender. I see the, the devil fleeing from your life as tonight as you submit to God fully in Jesus' name. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Return to sinner. That's right. We're not settling. We're not keeping this. It's not ours to begin with. It's the devil's. And Jesus took it. So I'm not allowing it in my life. I don't allow sickness and disease in my life. I don't allow it in my wife's life. I don't allow it in my kid's life. Well, brother, you know, we, we all got to get sick. We all got to experience the cold. We all have to experience the flu. No, we don't. We don't have to. We don't have to experience these things. I don't live by what I see or feel. I live by what I believe. I believe God's word. He looks over his word to perform it. Come on, that's right. You're redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That's right. Come on. That's right. Return to sender. That's not ours. I'm not settling for that. That's the devil. The devil wants you to think it's yours. The devil wants you to own it. When really it's, see, he, he's the liar. He's the father of lies. He's, he's the author of the lies. And he wants you to feel like, oh, this is mine. And that's what happens. People are like, well, I have cancer. Or I have this. Or I, I have this. No, you don't. Jesus took it. Jesus took it. Jesus took it. Give it back. Return to center. Amen. That's for somebody tonight. So number two, sickness and disease is from the devil. Never forget that. Never forget that. You know, there's, there's many testimonies when people realize that they don't have to deal with this anymore. It's like, they, it's like it's something clicks in them and they instantly receive their miracle. You know, I know, I know stories of people, I've read about it as I was studying for this, where they literally had a sickness and disease for 20 years. They thought, oh, well, this, you know, this is my cross to bear. This is mine. And then they were taught the word of God of what it really, what it really means to be healed and how Jesus paid the price. And it's like, as soon as they changed that believing, it's like, boom, it instantly manifested because it's always, healing is always towards you. It's always coming at you. We're not waiting for another great event to take place. No, healing is towards you. The flow of healing is, is already paid for guys. It's just getting the correct thinking. All things are possible to those who believe and get this in your spirit. Before I get to point three, it's you're believing in your heart not just thinking in your mind. See, a lot of people know, oh yeah, I know God wants me healed. I know God God wants me healed, just like I know he wants me saved. But they don't know, know in their heart. They don't believe in their heart because you can find out what, they're, what they believe by what they're saying. I've had many people, we pray for people to be healed in our meetings, in our revival services. And, you know, we, we contend for, uh, for them to be instantly healed, but sometimes healing's gradual. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But they immediately confess, well, I guess, I guess it's just not my night. Or I guess, I, just, I guess this really wasn't for me. No, don't allow that to come out of your mouth. Healing, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you'll be saved. Faith works that way. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth you, that you are healed, you will be healed. It's the same. Faith, that's how faith works. Amen. If you say into this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and doubt not in your what? Your heart. And you, and you speak to it. And you believe in your heart. See, it's not believing in your mind. It's believing in your heart. That's why the word of God must come real to you. And when it's real to you, you'll say it with your mouth. You'll speak it out. And boom, the healing will manifest. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. So number two, sickness and disease is from the devil. Number three, healing is available right now. A lot of people push, push healing into, he's going to heal me. Now, a lot of these kind of sound similar, but they all are separate, but they, they all go together. Now, this healing is not coming. Healing is now. Now, faith is. Healing is not coming. Healing is now. Get Type that in the comments. Healing is now. Healing is now. Hallelujah. Why? Because the Lord, He is the Lord that healeth you. He is, in the Old Testament, Exodus 15, 26. You can put it, you can put it in the comments. 
The Bible says, I will put none of these diseases on you, which I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. If you what? Diligently obey the voice of the Lord thy God. In other words, you can put it this way. Healing not only is now, but now we are under a better covenant with better promises. In other words, if he healed then, in the Old Testament, he will heal now, in the New Testament. Hallelujah. If he healed then, he'll heal now. And we're under a better covenant with better promises. That's Hebrews 8, verse 6. If it's a better covenant under better promises, then we should experience more of divine healing. Now, many of you need healing tonight. You need healing in your body. We're going to pray for you to be healed. But there's others who we need to walk in divine healing. You know, you can walk in divine healing. You know, the people in the Old Testament did. You know, Moses walked in divine healing, that he was so in great shape and so uh, healthy that he was able to climb a mountain at 120 years old. Have you tried to climb a mountain? I haven't even tried to climb a mountain at almost 30 years old, and I guarantee you I'm going to be out of breath and potentially, I don't, I don't even know how high I can go. I got to get into shape for that. But this man's 120 climbing a mountain. That's called divine healing. That's called walking in divine health. There's another level to it. So there's, there's healing, but then you can walk in divine health. Amen. Better covenant, better promises. Hallelujah. Exodus 23, 25 through 26 says this. So you shall serve the Lord your God. He will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. Then it goes on to say, No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. I want to encourage you here tonight that God will fulfill the number of your days. That you're not going to die early. That no one listening under the sound of my voice is going to die with cancer at a young age or even at an old age but you will fulfill the days that God has destined you to walk on this planet. That's the Old Testament. How much more in the New Testament? How much more? Better covenant, better promises, but that's the Old Testament. So when you see it from the old, you can realize that I'm under a better covenant, better promises. Why? I'm glad you asked. Because the Bible says this in Psalm 103, 3 through 5. This is still Old Testament, but I'm getting to a point. I'm building to a point here. Who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness, tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I'm here to encourage you, some of my older saints watching online, that your youth shall be renewed like the eagles. That the older you get, the more refreshed you can get. That you don't have to, you don't have to die of sickness and disease. That that just like Kenneth E. Hagan, he's he believed this. He he lived it out. He said, The day will come when it's time for me to go to heaven, and I won't have to die by sickness or disease, but it'll just be my time. I will fulfill my years. And you know what? Record history says, and you can you can Call Rame up and they'll tell you exactly how he went home. He sat down at his table and he pulled out a piece of cherry pie. He began to eat the pie. And then all of a sudden he said, you know what? That's my time. I'm done. And he bowed his head and he went to heaven. That's how he died. He didn't die of a heart attack. He didn't die of sickness and disease. He didn't die of cancer. He was, his number of his days were fulfilled and he went to heaven. And he knew it. The same could be true for you today. Can you say amen? You don't have to die too early. Come on, health and healing is my portion. That's right, Shavonica. Come on. That's right. Health and healing is your portion in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. So, the Bible says this, that He sent His Word and healed us of all of our diseases. I believe that's Psalm 107, verse 20. And so he sent his word. Now, Old Testament, that's Old Testament, that's Psalms. New Testament, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. John 1, 1 through 3. In other words, in the Old Testament, he sent his word through the speaking of the prophets. But in the New Testament, he sent his son, Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. He sent Jesus to heal us. 
And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he healed when he walked on the planet through the Gospels, he'll heal you tonight right through this lens, right into your home. He'll touch you. He's even beginning to touch people now. I feel the anointing rising up in this apartment, in this studio. I feel it. God is moving. He's touching you in your homes. There's something. There's some people right now, pain has been plaguing you. And right now, in Jesus' name, pain leaves your body right now. In the name of Jesus, knees fully restored, cartilage, brand new cartilage. I see it in the spirit. Brand new cartilage in your knee right now. In the name of Jesus, begin to exercise your faith. Work that out if that's you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He, he sent his word. See, if you just grab a hold of the word by it being spoken, you can be healed in your home. You don't have to wait for another man or woman of God to lay hands on you. You can receive it right now in your house. And honestly, this is the greatest level that God wants you to be at. He wants you to receive everything through the word of God. But he's given us different ways, different methods in which he heals. So that's my point number four. Seven methods. Well, God uses, point number four is there's a number of ways God heals. And I'm going to give you seven different methods in which God heals. So number four is there are a number of ways God heals, for your note's sake. But there's seven of them that I want to give you. Now, why is that so important? Because many people have boxed God into a little box because he has to heal them in this one way or else it's not going to happen. And that's just not the, that's not the word of God. There's different ways he, he's healed and there's different ways he administers healing. And we have to operate with God. See, we don't work for God. And he doesn't work for us. We work with God. We have to co-labor with God. It's called the great commission. We have to work with him. Amen. And so we have to find out what the word of God says and we need to apply them in our lives. Specifically, we need to ask the Lord and uh, a flow with the Holy Spirit in these areas. So there are a number of ways God heals, seven different methods for my note takers online. Number one method, and these are not in any order which like, oh, this is like the greatest. No, these are just seven different methods, just so you understand. I'm using numbers just to help me and you stay, stay in line. Um, number one, the use of the name of Jesus against the devil. John 14, 13 through 14. The Bible says this, whatever you ask in my name, that will I do so that the father may be glorified in the son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. You know, when you look into what that really means is not only does it say if you ask in my name, that's a nice way to put it, but really the real translation says, if you demand anything in my name, I will do it. Demand. I mean, that's, that's very strong language, but we can demand things to take place by using the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus is not just a great uh, name. It's not just a name of our leader. There's power in the name of Jesus. Amen. Type that in the comments. There's power in the name of Jesus. The devil is a liar. Amen. That dizziness is going to cease and that headache is going to go in Jesus' mighty name. We, do, we can demand in the name of Jesus. Now, I'm going to give you a testimony. There was a girl, I, before I was even in ministry, I was still in Bible school. I was in training. I was an intern at the time in Tampa, Florida. And there was a girl I worked with, and I used to work at a hotel. And uh, when, she, when I met her, you know, you're trying to get to know people. And she asked me, oh, you know, what do you do? And I... I'm unashamed of the gospel. I told her I go to Bible school and I'm going to be trained to be a minister and all this stuff. And she's like, well, just so you know, uh, I'm an atheist and, uh, you know, I don't really believe in God. I hope that's going to be OK. I said, oh, yeah, that's totally fine. You know, I, I don't you know, you have a free will to choose. Obviously, I want to see her saved. But guess what? Now she's going to spend all this time with me. So so she's going to hear about the gospel. And I remember talking to her and just always sharing what I'm doing in school because that's that was my life. I go on the streets. I lead people to the Lord because that's part of our requirement. We have requirements of seeing people get healed, exercising the name of Jesus. I'm sharing testimonies. I'm sharing my personal testimony. I'm just, I don't have anything else to talk about. At that time in my life, I didn't watch sports. I didn't play any games. I literally breathed, lived, slept, church. I was in church probably 
I mean, we had services twice a day. Each service was like four or five hours. I mean, <laughs> I was in church. And so I had nothing else to talk about. And one day after spending months with this girl, day in and day out, she came and we were standing in, uh, in the little area where the employees are. And she says, she just says this out loud. And I knew what she was meaning, but she said, man, she was telling me specifically, my, my hands really hurt today. My hands really hurt today. And she's kind of looking at me like I need to do something about it because I've talked about healing and all this stuff a lot. And so, but she didn't want to ask for prayer. And so I knew immediately she wants prayer, but she's not going to ask because she remembers telling me that she don't believe in God. So why would somebody who don't believe in God ask for prayer? But she wanted prayer because she because people really want Jesus to be real, whether they act like they don't believe in God or they believe in somebody else. No, if you really read the Gospels and you really see how Jesus was, you're going to fall in love with Jesus because Jesus is absolutely amazing. He raises the dead. He opens the blind eyes. He heals the, the lame. I mean, come on. If you saw that happening today, which we all should through the believers, but if you saw Jesus today in action like the gospel, you'd be following him too. But we need to demonstrate that. So anyways, I grab her and I say, hey, I don't grab her, but I, tell, I tap her and I say, hey, come, come into the break room. I want to I pray for you. Is that okay? And she's like, oh, yeah, please. Now, all of a sudden, here's a person who didn't believe in God. Now she wants prayer, and she, her hands are hurting really bad. And I'm getting to a point here using the name of Jesus. So I grab her hands, and I say, okay, I'm going to pray. And uh, I, ha- I grab her hands, and all I simply, I just simply say it. I don't scream it. I don't yell it. I just, I know that there's power in the name of Jesus. And I grab her hands, and I, and I say, Father, I thank you, Lord, that you love her so much. And I thank you, Lord that right now you're going to show yourself to her in the name of Jesus. I command, just like the Bible says, you have to demand it. I command arthritis to bow to the name of Jesus. And as soon as I said that, I said, okay, test your hands. I honestly didn't feel anything. I just believed what I was taught. I believed the Bible. I felt nothing. I did not feel an anointing. I did not feel anything crazy. But she felt something, and she began to move her hands like this. And she began to be like, oh, my God, the pain is gone. I don't feel pain anymore. She starts crying in the break room, crying. See, there's power in the name of Jesus. If God could touch an atheist, how much more is it for the children of God? But we have to understand there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in the name of Jesus. Jesus is not just a name that we we use in that's it no there's power in it so number one the name of jesus against the devil hallelujah and if you have arthritis tonight it's going to go in jesus mighty name can you say amen thank you lord and we got a great group of people on tonight samantha god bless you richie come on man i see you i see you sharing the word come on god's doing something in your guys's family's life i believe this is your greatest year in jesus name number two Pray, or number two method of healing is you can pray for healing to the Father in the name of Jesus. Now, the first one was not a prayer. The first one was a demand. It was a command. It was a, I speak to this mountain, I command it to be removed. That's, there's a difference between prayer and commanding. Now, some people have only used prayer and have never used commanding and using the name of Jesus. We need to understand which one to use in the moment. So, a lot of times, me personally, as an evangelist, I use the first one because I'm dealing with, I, I've got to command this thing to go in the name of Jesus. I mean, that's just how God uses me. But you can pray for healing to the Father in the name of Jesus. John 16, 23 through 24. In that day, you will not question me about anything. Truly, I say to you, if you ask the Father for anything in my name, he will give it to you. Until now, you've asked me nothing in my name, asking you to receive that your joy may be full. Now, this is why when we pray, now I'm talking about prayer now, not commanding, prayer. We don't pray, Lord, I, you know, we don't pray, uh, Father, if it be thy will, uh, this person will be healed. No, we know it's God's will that they're healed. Father, we thank you that your word says that by his stripes we were healed. We thank you for it, and we believe we receive it in Jesus' name. That's how you do that. You don't end your prayer in in thy name or in your name. 
remove that from your vocabulary. There's nothing that aggravates me more than when somebody prays in your name. Whose name? The name of Jesus. Use the name of Jesus. I'm not saying be religious about it, but why do we pray in your name? When there's power in the name of Jesus, use the name of Jesus. Can you say amen? That's just my own personal thing. If you do that, I still love you. It bothers me, but I still love you. Amen. I digress. Number three, I'm going to have to go through these a little bit fast, but there's seven of them. Number three, agree in prayer on the basis of Matthew 18, verse 19. The Bible says this. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Notice how the Bible says, if two of you agree on earth. So number one, you have to find somebody else. If you're married, you already got somebody else that should be in agreeing with you. Amen. So you can grab your spouse's hands. You can, you can agree and you can believe and you can receive healing together according to the scripture. Notice that it does not say. This is what it does not say. Again, I say to you that if you get on Facebook and you share this to a thousand people, please pray for me concerning anything that I ask, it'll be done. Doesn't say that. You should, we should, if you can find one person, do that. But it doesn't say that. It also doesn't say if you get on the prayer chain through your church, you shall be healed. It doesn't say that. It says if you, two of you, two of you, get that in your spirit. You don't need more than one other person to grab hands with and to believe what the Bible says and you can see it happen. Amen. I'm not, I'm not against asking people to help you pray, but just get this. You don't need a million people to pray. You need one other person to agree with you in prayer. According to Matthew 18 verse 19, I'm just using the word. I'm not, I know we live in different times where we can do that stuff. Praise God. But you don't need a million people. You need one person. Sometimes if you get too many people involved, you got all these opinions flying around, it gets worse. You just need to find one person with like faith. Amen? So that's number three. Number four, anoint with oil in accordance to James 5, verse 14. So the Bible says, is any among you sick? Notice how James asked that question. Is any among you sick? You know, he asked that because there shouldn't be anybody sick in the church. He's asking that on purpose. Is any among you sick? Nowadays, if, we, if I got up on, in church and said, is any among you sick? Sadly, 90% of the church's hands would go up. So we need to reverse this. How do, I, how do I know we're in desperate times for a message like this? What we went through the last couple years? How many people are so afraid of, a, of something that they couldn't see? Something that could kill them? We need this message more than ever, guys. I know some of you desperately need it tonight, and we're about to pray here in a minute. We're going to pray together. But grab a hold of this. Is any among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick. And the Lord will raise him up, and if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Now, I want you to notice something here. We should call upon the elders of the church. And I see uh, Sal just hopped on. Love you, Sal and Maria. God bless. He's an elder of the church. He would be a great man to, to lay hands on you, on you with oil. But there's two parts to this. The prayer of faith will save the sick. And if he has committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. So when you're anointed with oil, that's a point of contact for your faith to be released. But if there's something, if there's... Uh, unforgiveness or sin in your life, that is the moment you need to release it to the Lord because that could be hindering your healing. Many people are sick because they've allowed bitterness to creep into their lives. They've allowed unforgiveness to creep in. And James is telling us here that if he's committed sins, they'll be forgiven him. You got to confess your sins to the Lord. He'll forgive you. He's just, he's right. He'll forgive you of your sins. Then call upon the elders, your pastor, a leader of your church, an elder, and let them pray the prayer of faith, and boom, you will be healed. That's one way of seven. Number five, you can receive healing through the laying on of hands. The Great Commission says this. That was chapter five, verse 14 and 15 for uh, Dawn's asking what uh, James chapter five, 14 and 15 for point four. Number five, 
healing through the laying on of hands. The Bible says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. He, and then it goes on. It says, he who is saved will be baptized will be saved. If you don't believe, you'll be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. And then in, at the end of that, verse 18, it says, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So I want you to, I did this the last time we talked about healing. I might do it every time we talk about healing because I want this seared in your spirit and in your mind. Look at your hands right now. And I want you to say this out loud as you look at your hands. My hands are weapons against the devil and they are to administer healing to the sick. Your hands administer healing to the sick. They don't pass sickness and disease. They minister healing to the sick. Because according to the word, you can lay hands on the sick and they will recover. So that's one way God heals. That's why you see people, I do this often. I will also, I'll command it. You might work, use a couple of these together, but I'll lay hands on them and, and, and believe and speak in the name of Jesus and watch how they'll get healed because the Bible commands us to do so. You shall lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's for those who believe. So it doesn't just follow the evangelist or the apostle or the prophet or the pastor. It follows the believer. If, are you a believer? If you're a believer, put an emoji hand up in the comments. Yeah, you're a believer. So that means this sign shall follow you. Amen. You lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's why there was such an attack to get you to stop touching people. Because the devil knows that your hands are weapons against him. When you truly understand this, your hands are a weapon against the works of the devil. Come on, somebody. You don't have to be a, a ninja from Japan or China to have your hands be a weapon in the spirit realm. Can you say amen? <laughs> you don't need to know Kung Fu in the natural when you can know what the Holy Ghost is doing with your hands. Amen. You can snap the devil's neck in Jesus' name by laying hands on the sick. Can <laughs> you say amen? So this is the most common, in my opinion. This is the most common way God heals because many people need a point of contact. I talked about that with the oil. And so you're also laying hands with the oil, but they need a place to release their faith. And if something happens, when you lay your hands on them, they release their faith. Your faith is working as the minister or the one administering healing. Their faith is working because as soon as you lay hands and it's just like, boom, they get healed. That's one way. According to the word of God, I believe it's the most common way. That's my opinion. But I, it, it seems to be the most common way. It's the most common way that Jesus healed people. Notice you, many people uh, were healed by him touching them or vice versa, them touching him. So touch was always involved when it came to healing with Jesus for the most part. Very few were healed by him speaking the word and they believed it, which is the greatest level, in my opinion, that we can get to where we can believe the spoken word or believe the written word spoken to us personally and we can receive our healing, which I'm going to get into that here in a minute. But the most common way that Jesus ministered healing, get that in your spirit, is through the laying on of hands. So when a minister wants to lay hands on you and they're anointed of God, you need to let them do it. Amen. Because you're going to receive your healing in Jesus' name. Number six. You can receive healing through the gifts of healings. The gifts, plural, of healings, plural. That's 1 Corinthians 12, verse 9. To another by faith, the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one spirit. So in other words, sometimes when a minister is healing and our person is operating under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, there's what's called the nine gifts of the Spirit. And one of those is the gifts of healing. And it manifests, and there's an anointing for it. Sometimes it's accompanied by a word of knowledge where, I, where I've been used this way, where I just know that this person has cancer or this person that I'm looking at and I call them out in the crowd, they have uh, kidney failure or they have pain in their back or they have X, Y, and Z going on with them and I call them out and then I lay hands on them and they get healed instantly because that's God's spirit manifesting himself in the form of healing, and they, it just, they just get healed. This is God doing the work, 
This is where God manifests himself. It's almost like even if that person didn't have the faith, because of the spirit manifesting himself, they're going to get healed regardless. I see this time after time on the streets. I'm talking to a total stranger. They know nothing about faith. They have, no, they have zero understanding of the Bible. They, they're not even been to church before. But I see them, and the Lord says, uh, specifically, I remember this one guy in Bethlehem. I said, hey, man, what's going on with your back? I see you have a problem in your back. He's like, yeah, man, it's really hurting me. It's killing me. He's like, how did you know that? I said, God just told me, and if God just told me, he's going to heal you right now. This man doesn't have any faith. This man doesn't know anything outside of the Bible. He doesn't even know what John 3.16 is. But I lay hands on him, and boom, he instantly gets healed. Why? Because that was a gift of the Spirit manifesting. When the gifts of the Spirit manifest, it settles it. Amen. So number six, you can receive healing through the gifts of healings. Number seven, you can know that healing belongs to you. Or in short form, you can receive healing through the word. This is the highest form, in my opinion. This is where I would love for all believers to get to. This is why I wrote the book, His Word Heals. 101 healing scriptures so that you can know what God's word says about you personally in the area of healing. I don't have the graphic. I probably should have have had it up. But it is in the, if you look in the description, there's a link to get the book on Amazon. But when you simply believe and receive the word of God and allow it to come alive to you, you'll see it take place. Isaiah 53, 4 through 5. That's, we read it already, Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24. By his stripes you were healed. Matthew 8, 17, he took our infirmities. I mean, when that becomes a rhema word, when that becomes real to you, then you can receive your healing in your home. You can receive your healing by yourself. You can receive your healing by reading the word. That's how many people have been healed. This word is powerful. It's not just written pages. You can receive it. Amen. So that's, that's one of the ways, and that's, in my opinion, the greatest way. But I want to pray for people who need healing. And I know you, that many of you have stayed on until this very moment. So I want you right where you're at in your home. If you have pain in your body, and if you're watching with somebody else, and the person who's not sick, who doesn't need healing, and you're in the room with them, I want you to be the person to, I want you to lay hands on their area whether it's their knee, their back, maybe it's something internal, an organ, put your hand on their heart, and I want you to be the one to lay hands on them. If it's you personally, you're watching by yourself, if you can put your hand on that point of your body that has pain, do it. If you just cannot, put your hand on top of your head just like this, and we're going to pray the prayer of faith. And so I can't lay hands on you guys because I'm here and you're there. But just like number seven says, You can receive healing through his word. I've ministered the word to you. The word has been there. Faith has come for healing. And now is your moment to receive that healing as we command, as we demand in the name of Jesus. I want you to open your heart and receive. So right now you should have your hand placed upon that person. If you're in the room with them or yourself. And I want you to lift that other hand up to heaven. If you have somebody else laying hands on you, lift both hands up to heaven. And we're going to pray right now. And you're going to receive your healing. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, for that person watching right now, that person listening to my voice. Lord, you said in your word that if we ask anything in your name, if we demand it, that you will do it. And, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I command every pain in their body to go in Jesus' name. I command all sickness and disease that has plagued your people to be dissolved, to be removed, to be cast into the sea now in Jesus' name. Every cancer cell, I command it to die in the name of Jesus. Everything that's caused their eyes to become dim in Jesus' name, I curse that. I command their eyes to open right now. In Jesus' name, 2020 vision. Right now, somebody's receiving 2020 vision right now in the name of Jesus. I curse all form of discs out of place. I command discs to fall right into place. Right now, I see God touching somebody's spine right now. Your spine is being touched. It's being shifted. I command that spine to shift right into place in Jesus' name. Begin to move that if that's you. Begin to move your back. Begin to shift it around. 
Every disease that has a name, we command it to bow to the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I see the Lord restoring people's nerves right now. Thank you, Jesus. Nervous system failure. Hallelujah. Parkinson's healed in Jesus' name. There it is. The anointing is flowing through this, through this lens right now. Hallelujah. Candace says eyes. Eyes open in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And maybe I don't call out what's going on with you, but that doesn't matter. If it has a name, it bows to the name of Jesus. If you're feeling something in your body, if you're feeling the presence of God in your home, I just want you to type in the comments that you're feeling it or say something about it. If you just received your miracle, I want you just to let us know in the comments. I know that there's people who are, who are getting touched. I can feel it. He is the Lord that healeth thee. He's the healer, guys. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just begin to thank Him. Begin to praise Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Type, I receive it. I receive it. I receive it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He sent His Word. He sent His Word. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. I curse that headache that keeps coming against Shavonica right now in the name of Jesus. I curse it right now in the name of Jesus. And all that pain, I command it to quickly go in Jesus' name. The surgery that they said, whatever the time limit that they said it would take to be healed will be cut in half. If they said three, three weeks, it'll be a week and a half. Hallelujah. Or quicker. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I see people's... Uh, I see people's blood systems being cleansed right now. I see people's blood system. Sometimes you got to just wait on God. He's doing something here, folks. He's cleaning people's blood out from whatever has been plagued against you. They said four months. I would expect it in two months or less. Watch what God's about to do. <laughs> Hallelujah. People's blood systems are being cleansed from things that you didn't even know they were trying to pump into your body. I see the Lord reversing that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you have a testimony, I want you... I want you to go to our website, zanerministry.com. You can see it up on top of the screen. There's a place there where you can submit your testimony. I believe it says share your testimony. I want you to send that in. I want to hear these testimonies because last time we prayed, I had three people come up to me in person, which I'm very thankful. If you see me in person, tell me. I want to hear it. But I also would like to have it, you know, it encourages me when I see when I go back and I read and I see it in, in written down. And if, if there's a video you want to send me, send me the video. Because not only does it encourage me to keep contending for this, but it encourages other people. There's, you're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. Amen? Amen. What a great word tonight. Amen. Thank you so much for that. Hallelujah. Well, I never want to end a broadcast without giving you an opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God. The Bible says that when you give, you shall receive, pressed down, shaken together, running over. And we're not on here just to have a, you know, a good old time and, you know, just be a talking head. We're going out and we're winning souls. We're contending for the kingdom of God. And uh, we're going after souls like Jesus is coming back 
at the end at the end of this year. That's what I said last year, but we made it to this year, so I'm running just as hard this year. So there's different ways you can give up on the screen. You can text give ZMI, that's one word, to 610-890-7505. And uh, we have all the different apps, Cash App, PayPal, Venmo, dollar sign give ZMI, at give ZMI. You can go to our website, zanerministries.com slash give, or you can send us a check in the mail, P.O. Box 125, Copley, PA, 18037. I want to encourage you tonight, if you haven't been a partner or consider being a partner with us, I want to ask you to consider being one of the 100 blessed partners who partner with us. Why do I say 100 blessed? Well, for two reasons. One, you can't put souls first and finish last. You can't be... You cannot be uh, lacking when you're uh, putting the kingdom of God first. So therefore, the opposite of lacked is blessed. But also, we're believing God for people to step into a greater level of prosperity. That we're at the end of the end. We're at the final moments of time, guys. And so it takes finances to reach people. It takes finances to put on a broadcast. It takes finances to go to the next city. It takes money to do it. And so it, it's God's people working together, and it takes blessed people. Amen. And that's we're not just saying that to oh, get money from you. We're putting our money where our mouth is. We're not only trying to be blessed to be blessed as a ministry. We're blessing other people. This seed tonight will help go towards feeding 500 different people in this month. We partner with Feed the Hungry. So we're, be, we're blessed to be a blessing. We're blessed to bless other people. Amen. We helped last year. We gave over 21% of what came in to other ministries and to help feed the hungry. And we're going to continue to do that. And if we can increase it, we will. And we're going to believe God that you are blessed because you're attaching your seed to the kingdom of God. And so I want to thank you ahead of time. And if you become one of those partners, we're going to send you a free gift in the mail. Uh, but even if you don't become a partner, but you sow a seed tonight, we want to give you a free gift, if you can put that up. Many of you guys have been healed before, or you got healed. We have this book we want to give you called How to Keep Your Healing. There it is, up on the screen. ZanerMinistry.com slash offer, so we know where to send the book. I can't mail this to you if I don't have your address. So you have to go there and fill that out. But if you sow any amount, of any amount tonight, we will send you this book as a way to say thank you. And because one thing that I am so tired of the devil doing is people get healed and then they lose their healing. No longer in Jesus' name. You can learn how to keep your healing. This is a powerful, powerful book. It's not super long. It's a little mini book. You can put it in your pocket, but you can go out and keep your healing in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God, I just see this. I felt my neck pop at the base when you prayed. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, guys. You guys are the best. This has been the best broadcast yet. Every Thursday at 9 p.m., we're going to be broadcasting. Of, and uh, it's going to be powerful. This was obviously, I had seven things. I got to four. So that means next Thursday is going to be part two of seven things that you should know about divine healing. So I want you to set a reminder, tell somebody to tune in, share this with somebody else if they need healing especially. Uh, the anointing of God is on this. If they need healing, share this so that they can see it. And if, if, you, if I were you and you really, really need a healing, put it on replay. Watch it again and again. Get it in your spirit. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Amen. Hallelujah. We're going to a couple different places before we close out. We're going to be, um, this weekend, we're going to be in West Virginia with a youth conference um, in Philippi, West Virginia. Pray for us. We leave tomorrow morning, actually. We head to West Virginia, and we're, there's going to be a powerful move of God where the kids are going to get touched, ignited, full of the Holy Ghost to set out and to see their generation impacted by the gospel. We're believing, there. you know, this generation needs Jesus more than anyone else, so it's going to be a powerful time. And then we're going to be going to uh, Cutstown, Pennsylvania on March 5th. We're going to be at Glory to Glory Church. I believe that's at 10 a.m. and uh, 6 p.m. 
And so make sure you have you come on out if you're in the Lehigh Valley. It's going to be an amazing time. And then we are going to be in Jamison, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia, 10.30 a.m., I believe, and 6 p.m. on the 12th, February 26th. We're going to be at the church that Dr. Lester Summerall built. We've been there two times, and they asked us to come back a third time. So that's going to be a great time. Christian Center Church. Pray for us. I know uh, Dawn, if she's still on, she goes to church there. We're so excited to see you again. And then we're going to be in Pittsburgh to wrap up the month of March with Pastor Jordan Siri for uh, five services. Join us. Amen. Let me pray for you as we leave. Father, I thank you for every person watching. Bless them. Give them good sleep tonight. Thank you so much for these people, these precious people. Lord, we thank you for the healing power. And Lord, may they wake up fully refreshed, fully healed in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Well, I love you guys. God bless you. See you next Thursday. Thank you for listening to the Zaner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zaner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zanerministries.com. Now, here's Evangelist Nick.